Hey there, Heather Creekmore here. Thanks for listening to the Compared to Who show today. Today, we are going to talk about diet culture. And today is the last in a series of hot coaching tips I've been doing for a good part of the summer. So if you didn't get to listen to other ones, maybe you were busy this summer, maybe you're on vacation, maybe just having kids around or being out of your regular routine had made summer a little difficult for you to catch up with your podcast. But I would encourage you, go back and listen to those episodes. Um, Because there's a lot of great tips that I gave you this summer. Free coaching. Come on. Uh, So I hope that you were able to listen to those. I also want to remind you that group coaching starts in September. And as of the time I am recording this episode, I still have spaces available. I can't promise they'll be there uh, at the end of the month. But if you are interested in coaching, just drop me an email, heather at comparedyou.me, and I can tell you more. Or you can grab 10 minutes on my calendar, although my August calendar is pretty crazy. Um, you can grab 10 minutes. We can talk that way. I would love to tell you more about group coaching and give you the opportunity to be part of one of these solid groups of Christian women who are seeking freedom from body image struggles together. It is an amazing thing to see. Always starts awkward because that's just the way it is when you're with new people. It's just always awkward at first. But let me promise you, friend, by week two or three, you will have a group of friends, like-minded people on the same journey you're on. And these could be friends that you have for life. So that's at least what happened with my spring groups. Uh, they are still meeting. They had such a great experience. They didn't <laughs> didn't want to stop getting together. So I'm hopeful that the fall groups will be the same. So if you want more information about that, you can go to compared to who.me and go to the group coaching tab or just drop me a message. Like I said, Heather at compared to who.me. Today, we are going to talk more about diet culture and diets. We're going to talk about diets as a type of religion. Now, that might sound really weird to you, but today we're just going to do a deeper dive. We've talked about idolatry before. We've talked about the false salvation of the before versus the after picture, that sort of thing. Today, we're going to dive even deeper into how dieting mimics religion and how dieting can kind of be a false religion. So that's where we're going today. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Let's hit it. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, friend. Okay, so today we are talking about diet culture, dieting, as a false religion. Now, that might sound a little extreme to some of you. A false religion, come on, Heather. Dieting is just how I relate to food. Dieting is just about my food rules. It's not a false religion. That may be what you're saying. But 
I have been working on a book coming out in fall of 2023, a body image workbook, and I've been really digging into diet culture and its messages. And this is stuff that I kind of heard and processed a little bit before, but as I'm writing this book, I've really been forced to dig in even deeper with it. And I just want to share with you a little bit about what I am learning so you can see for yourself the parallels between dieting and any sort of faith or religion. So let's start by just looking at the semantics, looking at the words themselves, okay? So diet culture has the word culture with the root word cult. Well, what does that make you think of? (laughs) But I wanted to dig in and say, okay, what does cult really mean? Well, cult comes from Latin, and it means inhabited, cultivated, or worshipped, right? So a cult is a group of people that do strange things together out of devotion to someone or something, but it's their like-minded worship, their devotion, that's the key. A cult is a place where people worship the same thing together. And so when we talk about diet culture, we are talking about worship. Now, there's a fantastic book called Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison. And she actually is, she's not a believer. She has a podcast called Food Psych. She's, there's, I have no no real way of knowing, but just the evidence of reading her book and listening to her podcast. Um, I'm, I don't think she follows Jesus. I don't think she would claim to be a Christian or a believer and follower of Jesus. But she actually defines diet culture. Uh, she defines it a couple different ways in the internet and then uh, through her book. But one of the definitions she uses is that diet culture is a set of beliefs that values thinness, appearance, and shape above health and well-being. But then somewhere else recently, I read another definition that she had of diet culture and I thought, oh, this is, this is the one that, <laughs> that hits it even a little bit closer. She says, diet culture is a system of beliefs that worships thinness and equates it to health and moral value, or excuse me, moral virtue. And I thought, hmm, there we go. Diet culture is, and I'm not saying if you've been in diet culture, we've all been in diet culture. I'm not saying you're actually in a cult, right? Like, please hear me. <laughs> but, but in a way, we've all drank the Kool-Aid. We've all believed that the path to a better life is a thinner body, a better body, a more sculpted body, a quote unquote healthier body because I'm following all the food rules and doing all the exercise things, right? We've all, to some degree, if you're struggling with your body image, if you're listening to the show, to some degree, there's a chance you've swallowed some of the diet culture Kool-Aid. You've believed that a thinner body is a more virtuous body, a better body. And friend, that's not the teaching of scripture. That's not the teaching of Christianity. As Jesus followers, there's no place in the Bible that says that. There's no place in the Bible that says thinness is next to godliness, right? That is all the teaching of diet culture. But we believe it and we follow it like a false religion. So let's think about some other kind of 
words that we use in relation to our faith. Well, or our Christianity. And one of them actually is faith, right? What do we have faith in as believers and followers of Jesus? Well, we have faith in Jesus, right? We have faith that God sent Jesus to die on the cross. Why? So that our sins could be forgiven and we could be reconnected to God, reunited with him in relationship so that someday when Jesus returns again, then we can be united with him in heaven and rule the new heavens and the new earth, right? That we'll have new glorified bodies and that we will live eternally with him if we have decided to make Jesus our Lord and our Savior. Now, some people just want Jesus to be their Savior and not really the Lord of their life. They want to make sure they've got to get into heaven free pass, but they don't really want Jesus involved in how they live day to day. And and that's not, I don't think, biblical, right? But our faith is in the work that Jesus did. Well, like Christy Harrison's definition, in diet culture, our faith is in something else. Our faith is in the diet or the fitness plan's ability to save us, right? If I follow this plan, at the end of it, I will have the body I want. If I do what it asks me to do, then I will reach eternity, eternity, eternal security. I will reach a different kind of heaven because I feel good about my body. But that's not Christianity. That's the religion of diet culture. What about righteousness, right? The definition of righteousness is acting in accord with divine or moral law And then get this part, free from guilt or sin. And throughout scripture, there's all kinds of verses on acting rightly, acting um, in a righteous manner. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Psalm 112, 6, surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Proverbs 21, 3, To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Psalm 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry, right? We are to live righteously as Christ followers because that's what God asks of us. That's what to that making God or making Jesus your Lord or your Savior, that's that lordship part of that equation, right? We will live righteously when he is the Lord of our lives. But diet culture has a different definition of righteousness. And I think the definition I just used for what righteousness is, is is kind of perfect if you think about it in relationship to dieting, right? So righteousness and in Christian faith, acting in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin. Righteousness in the faith of diet culture is acting in accord with the food rules or the diet laws, and that makes you free from guilt or sin, right? If I follow my food rules, then I don't feel guilty. But if I don't follow them, what happens? Guilt and shame and penance, right? Use another religious word. I have to pay penance, um, which I don't really believe anyone as a Christ follower has to pay anymore. Jesus paid it all. We can't add anything to his sacrifice. But 
righteousness takes a completely different definition when we think about it in relationship to the religion of diet culture. What about holiness? right? Those of my friends that have struggled with orthorexia know about diet culture's definition of holiness. In scripture, holiness is is something that only God has perfected, right? And I did an episode on, do we want to be hot or do we want to be holy a few months ago? So I go check that out if you haven't listened to that one yet. But holiness is really about becoming more like Jesus, changing our hearts to be more like his. It's a transformation process of becoming, well, freer from sin. We'll never be completely free from sin on this earth, but but squashing the sin that lives inside of us. Diet culture's definition of holiness, I believe, is similar to righteousness, but holiness maybe relates more to clean eating, right? Or only eating acceptable foods, whatever foods are off limits, whatever foods have been deemed bad by diet culture and, and all of its proponents. Like to be holy is to be gluten-free or carb-free free or a processed food, food dye free, right? But that's not really what holiness is. Do you see how diet culture has this whole separate religion with similar concepts to follow? But yet it cannot take us to the place that we ultimately want to go. It's not going to take us to salvation. It's not going to lead to any kind of eternal security. Diet culture is just that. It's a false religion. And we'll talk more about that right after this break. Hey there, are we email friends yet? If not, what are you waiting for? I would love the chance to connect with you via email. You'll get two messages, three messages a month tops. So I'm not going to be flooding your inbox every day. You'll find out about new episodes. As soon as you sign up, you'll get enrolled in my five-day body image freedom email challenge. And you'll also find out about courses, coaching, other things that are going on at Compared to Who that may be helpful for you. I hope you'll sign up to be part of my friends list, my email list today. Just go to comparedto.me and you can take the five-day body image email challenge and you'll be signed up there. I hope to connect with you soon. Okay, let's look at just a couple more of these concepts from the Christian faith that we also relate to diet culture, which kind of shows how diet culture offers its own false religion. What about the concept of defeating the flesh? Now, I talked about that in some episodes that I did with Amy Carlson. Uh, It was back earlier this summer. I'll try to put the link in show notes. But defeating the flesh in the Bible is about defeating that part of us that wants to sin. It's not about eating Oreo cookies, okay? It's not about food at all. I mean, unless you have a big struggle with gluttony. But it's really more about defeating the part of us that wants what we want instead of what God wants. It's how we treat other people. It's how we love other people, right? That's the battle that Paul talks about between the flesh and the spirit. It's not a battle between our physical body and our physical hunger (laughs) and our mind. It's not mind over matter. It's a, a spiritual battle. 
But in diet culture, defeating the flesh is defeating cravings. Defeating the flesh is not eating and going a long time without eating, right? That is defeating the flesh. That is the victory in diet culture. If you could be the one who ate the least or who skipped the meal altogether, or who said no to the cake at the party or who said no to the pizza at the office, right? That's defeating the flesh in the diet culture religion. But my friend, that is not anywhere close to what Christianity teaches. So if you've been trying to defeat the flesh by saying no one donut at a time, (laughs) ah, take the pressure off my friend. Now I'm not saying you should eat donuts nonstop every day, live on donuts. I mean that, you know, there, there is wisdom that God has given us. I don't think your body would actually allow you or want you to do that. Your body would be like, I'm sick of donuts. Give me some real food. But the battle that we're in is spiritual warfare, right? The battle that we're in is a battle against a very real enemy who wants to take us out. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, as the book of John tells us, right? The real battle, the real spiritual warfare, to bring in another term here, is not about defeating our food cravings. The real battle is is about defeating the enemy and the side of me that wants to do what the enemy wants me to do, right? The side of me that's like, yeah, I'm going to be selfish today because I want what I want and I don't care about anyone else, right? That is the warfare going on inside and around us. It's not as to whether or not we're going to eat the Girl Scout cookies or finish the ice cream. Okay, let's just do a couple more here. What about grace? Ah, I love grace. In fact, my book, The Burden of Better, is really a book about grace. If you haven't read it yet, it's a deep dive into grace through the whole middle of the book. And grace is something I was raised in church singing about, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, but I didn't really get it. And I certainly didn't understand how it related to my body image or comparison issues. Like grace was just a completely separate thing that seemed helpful for me to get into heaven, but it didn't really seem helpful when I was comparing the size jeans I wore with the size jeans of my friend. But friends, grace is so sufficient for those issues as well. But in diet culture, there is no grace. And I think that's a big contradiction, maybe a big, a big way to see the difference between living the religion of diet culture and living the life of faith following Jesus is that in the life of faith as a Jesus follower, we have unlimited grace in our lives. God is constantly pouring out his grace on us. He's not shaming us and scolding us for our imperfections. He's saying, my grace is sufficient. You have my grace. I've already forgiven you for sins past, present, and future. Yes, he wants us to confess. Yes, he wants us to repent. He wants us to be reconnected to him. But we have his grace, which allows us to let go of perfectionism and be human. He knows he created us human. So we can release all of that pressure to do things perfectly because we're never going to do things perfectly. So you pretty much have two choices. You can not do things perfectly and stress out about it, or you can not do things perfectly and receive his grace. Like those are the only two options. Ah, but diet culture. Diet culture doesn't have any grace. There's no grace in diet culture. There are cheat days, 
but those aren't grace filled. Cheat days are, you're supposed to kind of, I guess you're not supposed to feel guilty about cheat days. I, I don't know. I, I don't remember. I haven't done the cheat day thing in a while. I guess, I guess the whole concept of cheat day is so you don't have to feel guilty. But I, I remember, you know, if cheat day was Saturday, I remember Sunday feeling like I needed to make up for cheat day. I don't really know that that worked. There was never any grace for me to be human and hungry when I was living the religion of diet culture. There was never grace for my cycle to change my food needs, right? Like I just think about diets that are consistent where you kind of do the same thing week after week. Friends, our bodies change so much week after week if you're still menstruating, right? There are some weeks when you are starving and you need more calories because your body is working hard doing stuff. And there's some weeks when you don't need as many, but to only have the same allotment week after week after week is completely ignoring how our bodies were made. And there's no grace there. There's no grace there for when you're super stressed out and you can't follow the plan because you're at the hospital and there's an emergency and the hospital doesn't have any of the food that's on your plan. And there's no grace for that. The religion of diet culture is completely devoid of grace. And it's just another reason why it's a horrible, horrible religion. Okay, last one. What about justice? Mm, I love justice. Justice is so much more comfortable of a concept for me than grace is. So justice would be you get what you deserve, right? And, and really, in the Christian faith, the whole concept of grace is we don't get what we deserve. We get what we don't deserve. Grace is unmerited favor, right? We, we get the reward of Jesus' sacrifice. We didn't do anything to earn it or to deserve it, but we get it anyway. That is a tremendous grace. And that's not justice. <laughs> but God is a God who is just. All through scripture, we see that and we read that. And so we know that in the end, when Christ returns, he's not coming back to get more people saved. He's coming back to enact justice. It'll be too late at that point. And God is going to be just. He is going to judge us based on whether or not we have a relationship with Jesus and our sins are covered or whether or not we've ignored the cross, ignored Jesus' sacrifice and have not repented of our sins. Those people are going to receive a harsh judgment, just like the Bible says they will. We can trust God's word to be true. And if we know God is just, we have to believe that he will enact justice. So how does that relate to diet culture? Well, it's kind of interesting, right? But for me, here's how I would think about it. Justice is you eat well, quote unquote, you eat according to plan all week. And justice is you get on the scale and the scale shows your results or you use the tape measure and the measure shows your results, right? That is justice. And that's kind of a promise of diet culture, right? Do good and you'll see the effort, put the effort in, you know, put the work in and it'll pay off. There is some truth to that for sure, right? You do kind of, you know, reap what you sow would be the biblical principle. You, you earn what you put into it to some degree. 
But friends, it's not perfect. Diet culture has no ability to enact perfect justice. There is no formula for I did everything right and now my body will do exactly what I want it to do. And anyone who's been on a diet and done things perfectly for a week and then gotten on the scale and gained a pound instead of losing anything, you know this to be true, right? So justice, mm, hard to enact justice unless you're perfectly just. And diet culture has no ability to be perfectly just. So that is my summary of how diet culture is kind of a false religion. It's kind of a cult. Oh, that's a weird thing to say, right? But it makes us believe, it makes us have faith, it makes us follow, it makes us hope for salvation, right? It makes us this promise that someday we'll be saved if we just do everything it says. And that's not where real salvation comes from. Real salvation comes from Jesus alone. I hope today, this has been eye-opening. I don't know, maybe you just kind of been accepting this whole religion that die culture sold you. Maybe you never thought about it in terms of holiness and righteousness and faith and, and grace and justice. So I hope today I opened your eyes, if this is all new, to see that this is a false religion. And friend, I bet you Every time you get frustrated or caught up in comparison or just really are feeling down about your body, I bet it has something to do with one of these religious principles from diet culture. The guilt and shame come from not being righteous according to diet culture's definition. Your lack of faith is more about, will this plan work than did Jesus die to save me? Is my eternity secure? Grace is impossible without Jesus, right? So maybe you're getting stuck in not being able to give yourself compassion to be human, to be hungry, to go off plan because you're starving because you're not eating enough calories or to take a rest day because your body's exhausted because you've been working it hard all week, right? These concepts, the concept of grace is not part of diet culture, So if you're feeling bad about your body because of that, that's a grace-free way to live. And you don't have to live like that, my friend. If you're a follower, believer, Jesus, that's the grace you're under. Don't worry about the religion of diet culture and its lack of grace. You don't need it. So think hard today about ways maybe you've fallen for this cult. Maybe you've drank a little bit too much of their Kool-Aid. How do you get out? I think you see the idol. And I think you repent of the idol. You say, God, please help me to remember that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Thanks for listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living in the life. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. 
Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. The Compare To Podcast is part of the Spark Media Network, now available on the Edify Podcast app. Grab the Edify app in your Google Play store or on the Apple Podcast app. You will be so glad you did. Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.